Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. My name is Joe Kuzma, and joining us today uh, from the other side, from the enemy lines, is... uh, Daniel Wilcox, a former NFL player, eight seasons, many of those with the Baltimore Ravens and also a host of the Believe in Ravens podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, as well as a Super Bowl champion back in 2002. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But first, Daniel, how's it going? Going great, Joe. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast, man. It's, it's, I'm super excited. Um, not very often a, a Ravens getting invited to a Steeler event, so I appreciate you, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm going to have to like bite my tongue maybe a little bit. This is like, <laughs> hey, this is completely different. This is this is like foreign territory now. You know what I mean? I, I don't think yeah. that still given the circumstances of what's going on, we know Lamar Jackson might be a scratch more than likely for this game. It's going to be Tyler uh-huh. Huntley. We also know there's a statistic that's floating around out there. And actually, I was going to push this out a little bit later, but I might as well just bring it up. It's fresh in my mind. Jamison Hensley, who covers the Baltimore Ravens, says that the Ravens have won 10 of the last games against the Steelers when anyone other than Ben Roethlisberger has started at quarterback, which always seems to be, uh, unfortunately, the case for the Steelers. It's been like, I think the one there is Charlie Batch going back to like 2012. (laughs) It's my time, man. Yeah. (laughs) So... Oh, if you're a part of that, we could probably have some really great stories about that. I remember I talked to Sean Sweesham about that game, too. And actually, a comment from Sean that I might be able to transfer this over to you, too. I don't want to throw him under the bus, but he said, no, we truly hated each other. <laughs> Those games were wars. Uh, what's your perspective on the Steelers <clears throat> and Ravens rivalry? You know, it was a love and hate relationship for me. I mean, a couple of those guys on, on that on the Steelers team back when I played from 05 to 09 were um, my, some of my ex-teammates. You know, you know James Farrier I played with in New York with the Jets, um, and then AKA Potsy. Yeah. You know, and then my boy James Harrison, AKA Debo. Me and him played together with the Ryan Fire over in Dusseldorf, Germany. Yeah. You know, so we both came back. I went to the Ravens. He went to the Steelers, and he was actually with the Ravens allocated to Germany that year and came back and signed with, with, with Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh got a heck of a deal by getting them. Um, you know, so <clears throat> it was a reunion. I actually got a Harrison Jersey here at my house. Um, you know, nice. so I, I love James, man. I love, I love Potsy. I think the last time I saw Potsy was down on South beach and, uh, I was down there with one of my other teammates from the jets, Chris Hayes, AKA Pito, who's Keyshawn Johnson's best friend from childhood. Um, but we, I mean, it, it, it was definitely a, a hate versus hate, a love versus love type thing. It was definitely a huge respect factor from one team to another. We respected them enough to bring our A game, and they respected us enough to bring their A game. And it was a situation, Joe, where both defenses was top of the league at the time. You know, you're talking about one, two, and three in the top of the league every single year. We want, we're going to be in that top five some kind of way, whether it's Baltimore or, D, or, or Pittsburgh. And there was so many freaking playmakers on the defensive side of the ball on, on both teams that it was like literally heavyweight, a heavyweight fight, like a Mike Tyson, you know, versus, you know, um, Holyfield or something like that type fight. And we was at the top of our game. They was at the top of their game. The best thing they had going for them at the time was, of course, Big Ben. You know, they had Big Ben on offense. We had Cal Boulder for most of that, those fights. So you guys <laughs> had the, up, the upper advantage on that, of course. So when we got Steve McNair, it kind of 
even things out a little bit. And then when Joe Flacco came in, that definitely helped a little bit to kind of even the playing field a little bit more. Um, but as far as defense was concerned, you know, it's going to be a low scoring game every single time. It was going to be a heavyweight fight. I can remember, I think it was 2008 season, my last season in Baltimore. Um, we played you guys three times that year, you know, two times in the regular season, one in Baltimore, one in Pittsburgh. And then we played you guys in the AFC championship game and lost in Pittsburgh. That was my last game playing, playing as a Raven. Um, and I remember that season, somebody was going to get knocked out the first play of the game. I don't care if it was a Raven or I didn't care if it was a Steeler, but that first play of the game, somebody was leaving the field on a stretcher. And that was back when football was football, right? You know, but we would really kick off and on that opening kickoff, somebody would have to come get off the field on the stretcher. And most of the time you didn't see it. If you was at home watching, they would actually cut it. They say somebody's yeah. down. By the time they come back, they've already carted them off on the stretcher. And then they talked about it briefly and it was gone. So you didn't get a chance to see the full effect of the hit, you know, but it was one of those things where we was going to set the tempo that this was going to be a bloodbath and we're going to hit you harder than us. And then Pittsburgh would do the same thing for us. Like last game, they knocked one of our guys out. This game, we're knocking out one of their guys. We're going to set the tempo. We're going to be the hard hitters. We're going to set the tempo for this game. They're not tougher than we are. And it became like a heavyweight fight, man, every single time we played you guys. And it was so much respect on the field amongst players. You know, Ed Reed got an injury that lasted him in the next six years playing against Pittsburgh. Heinz Ward hit him one time on a, on a crackback block, which is now illegal crazy yeah but it's now illegal but he hurt Ed Reed's neck and he had to play with that injury for the next six seven years of his career and it was that type of it was that type of um that type of game the crazy thing the guy I can't remember who the player were that we knocked out but I can tell you he went to the University of Cincinnati um he was Haruki Nakamura's college roommate and Haruki was the one that actually knocked him out and put him to sleep on the field wow. and he actually wasn't supposed to be in that spot he was running down on kickoff I think he was at the five spot he was supposed to be at another spot and he had, it was another guy that was supposed to be in that spot. And for some reason that guy was down and they activated him, put his roommate in. So he didn't know he was going to hit his roommate until the actual, until we actually lined up on the field and, Oh my God, this is my buddy. And he still put that wood on him. So that's how crazy that match was. You, you, you represented it for your city. We played for charm city and everybody in Pittsburgh played for the steel city. It was a pretty awesome game every time. Yeah, um, I was trying to see here. Um, Stone was injured during the play. Uh, D Stone. Um, I'm yep. not familiar with the first name, unfortunately. Right. I'd have to go and find it. But I've, I've dug up the um, the uh, game game book here. And Gary Russell, man, that's going back a minute <laughs> for okay. some Steelers fans, I believe. Uh, uh, either I think he was running back, tailback, fullback. Uh, man, I'm drawing a blank there because mm -hmm. it wasn't a guy that carried the ball a whole lot. Right. Uh, it's funny how that works out. you know. And of course, Willie Parker, first play from scrimmage, offense. I mean, going right back. Some great memories, man. Some great memories. I, I, remember, sure. mend I remember Mending Hall getting hurt because Ray Lewis broke his collarbone because he was talking crap all week before the game. <laughs> and he got in there and Ray, Ray Lewis hit him so hard, broke his collarbone now i remember willis mcgahee that last game getting knocked oh, out wow yeah i think that was by ryan clark if i remember correctly I th yes yeah i yeah. think that is the the famous ryan clark hit like when yeah. you pull up ryan clark and that dude could hit and could. I, we bring him up a lot like as far yeah. as like a poster child for probably getting even more fines 
in the present era of the NFL, but you're, you're not saying anything we've never said on this show before right. about this. This is a war. And I've got I've got some camo colors on. I just so happened somebody gifted me this, and just the irony. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm suiting up for battle here, even on hey. the podcast. But uh, the the uh, this came up too on uh, even on like Sirius XM NFL Radio. Jim Miller used to play with the Steelers and Bears a long time ago, and he's mm -hmm. a co-hosting with Pat Kerwin. And they said, look look past this week. It's tough. Both of these teams are going to limp out of this game, and then the game, yeah. the, the opponents they got to play after that. Uh, right. You know, they're still these guys are still the walking wounded, and um, maybe that's a good place to kind of start too, because obviously the big the big name already let the cat out of the bag. Lamar Jackson might not be available for this one, so not only is this you know the rivalry continuing on without mm -hmm. Ben Roethlisberger, now you may have it without Lamar Jackson, who by the way I believe is only like one in four, if I remember hearing that correctly, uh, against the Steelers. He had a game where he was a rookie with Joe Flacco, and he got a couple carries and maybe a couple attempts, but he wasn't actually the starter starter or right. getting a lion's share of the playing time mm -hmm. at that point. Then likewise, over the course of these games, as you mentioned, Kyle Bowler, but the Steelers also had Charlie Batch. They've actually won with Batch. They've lost with Batch. Byron yeah. Leftwich, uh, maybe even Dennis Dixon at some point. It, it's been all, all over the place. Even Bruce Gradkowski came in for a playoff game back in 2014 when Ben got hit. And there is that respect like there. Yeah, because I think it was Terrell Suggs. And yeah. of course, there's that respect there because Terrell Suggs, a final game that Ben Roethlisberger played in the regular season, played in Baltimore last year. And I really wanted to come out to that to see not only that, but I know if I'm going to wear my colors there, I might get a little less black from the fan base. And, uh, I know you guys were a very injured and kind of on a slide yeah. at the end of the season last year. Yeah, and then with bad. Ben kind of limping his way out, too, I was like, yeah, this might be a safe one where I don't get as much. <laughs> you know smack talk between fan yeah. bases and i'm not gonna get like lampooned here but um let's uh let's start there with how how big of a change it's obviously a change tyler huntley is not lamar jackson lamar jackson can do some special things on the field mm -hmm. but yeah. uh tell us um in your opinion how this may change the dynamic of the game from the ravens point of view um, I don't think it'll change too much. You know, I think the player personnel department did a phenomenal job by scouting Tyler Huntley. Um, I think he's an excellent backup for Lamar. You don't have to change your offense very much when he comes in the game. He's the same type of player. You know, him and Lamar grew up playing against each other in South Florida. Um, they've been knowing each other since they were childhood friends, since they were childhood enemies or childhood frenemies, however you want to put it. And um, they they went up and they both went to college around the same time, played ball, both of them. Lamar got drafted first round. Huntley got was an undrafted free agent out, out of Utah. And um, when you look at them, man, if you took the two and the eight off the jersey, sometimes it's kind of hard to tell them apart. It's kind of like the Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant effect, right? If you just if you switch the jerseys, you couldn't tell who was playing sometimes because they play almost identical at times. Huntley's definitely a little bit smaller than Lamar, maybe not as fast on the top end as Lamar, but he's still twitchy and still pretty quick and allow us to do some, you know, some really great things in the offense. A lot of the exact same things that Lamar do. So I don't think our offense will change too much, you know, of course, there's a excuse me. There's a respect. There's a respect factor that for Lamar Jackson, and you have to game plan like seriously for Lamar Jackson. When you play the Ravens, you know that Lamar Jackson is a freaking threat. Your main two guys that you got to stop when you play the Ravens is Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson. So if you stop Lamar Jackson, you you pretty much stopping Mark Andrews. 
You know, so you, those are two guys that you have to key on. The good thing about it is that we're finally kind of getting healthy. I hate that we lost Ronnie Stanley, especially going against that JT guy that you guys have. You know, having our left tackle out may not be the best thing for us right now. You know, but at the same time, you know, Huntley is a guy that will make a JT miss. He's a guy that can extend the play a little bit, you know, make guys look kind of crazy out there sometimes. But nobody does it as dynamic and as magical as Lamar does. But Lamar has a phenomenal way of just embarrassing people, you know, week in and week out. You know, but a Tyler Huntley still allows, you know, big play capabilities. His deep ball, I don't think, is as good as Lamar, but he's really accurate on shorter throws, and he can get the ball to guys really, really quick and fast. And and guys and the teammate, the team seems to really still like, you know, Tyler Huntley. I would have loved to have a Tyler Huntley when I played in Baltimore. I think he's dynamic enough to really change the game and keep the game consistent for Baltimore. Yeah, that's kind of crazy you say that too, because like when we think about this too, we go back a little bit, and it's like Cordell Stewart was kind of Stu. Yeah, he would have been. <laughs> imagine him in this era. You know, he was ahead of his yeah. time, and a lot of a he lot was. of Kenny Pickett's numbers right now are kind of in line with that. We were looking at that. That's credit to one of our guys yeah. here, the coach Zach Meckler. Yes, folks, he's still around. He's in the back rooms, as we say, uh, <laughs> busy coaching. He's coaching at Rhode Island, so he has been busy right. during the season. So picking up his time uh it's kind of crazy too because like uh, the actual uh kind of title of this show that i titled this was uh are we in for another tight game these games are always tight when these two teams play Super each other tight. and right now steelers minus two and a half over under is 37 points and i'm what? like I, in in a lot of cases i might be taking an over on this but i i really can't figure it out this could be and we're gonna see he's been activated uh, uh, off of IR, Chris Boswell, and uh -huh. he the only guy that even matches up with him around the NFL as being uh, on the equal level of kickers. And there are a lot of good kickers, but I think Chris Boswell is yeah. great. And of course, Justin Tucker Justin is like Tucker. pretty much legendary, and yeah. you got to have that respect both ways. But I'm just wondering, like, you know, Tyler Huntley, you know, Kenny Pickett, had, the Steelers' offense hadn't really been able to get a lot of things going. They're looking better since the bye week, yeah. But still, you know, 20 points a game is a struggle and then we look at these two teams where they just stuff the other stuff the opponent for the run they mm -hmm. can give up the pass but is kenny going to be able to pass and is tyler going to be able to pass so what do you think about that another low scoring affair well i don't think i don't think anybody can stop the ravens from throwing the ball because they they main target is mark andrews you know so when you got a tight end that that kind of draws a lot of attention like that you have to figure out a way to double cover him or put somebody on them that can run with them step for step. And that usually has to be a pretty long, tall DB with change of direction that can move and it's physical when you play against a tight end. And there's not many of those guys out there, you know, at all. You know, so most of them really play for the Ravens, probably, you know, <laughs> you know, to be honest with you. Uh, Marlon Humphreys yeah. and Peters, I honestly think are two of the best corners in the NFL. And I, I just I, I still feel like our defense haven't played a good game all season, you know which is saying a lot because we're very talented on the defensive side of the ball. When you started thinking about, you know, you drafting the first round pick in Hamilton and you go down and get Marcus Williams, who's, who was injured, you know, for a while. I think he's coming back this week. Hopefully um, he made some big plays for us early on. We had two great safeties back there, big safeties, and then two big corners with Peters and Humphreys. And then you look inside, we just went and got Roquan Smith, who's a Georgia boy, who I really can appreciate, you know, being at, at, in, in Baltimore. 
more. And then um, Patrick McQueen, you got two inside backers that are phenomenal now. And then your outside guys, you know, you went and got Jason Pierre-Paul off the couch. He was at home chilling, Netflix and chilling at home. You know, now we got Jason <laughs> Pierre-Paul, you know, and, and you look on the other side, you know, Tyus Bowser's back finally off an injury from last year, Achilles injury, and Marcus Houston. I mean, Houston was um was balling this this whole season as well he's having a great he's having a heck of a year he's i think he got like nine and a half sacks already you know so i mean there's some really good things happening with Calais campbell on the inside and we got some guys that can really hurt you you know so defensively we should be much better on paper we're phenomenal on paper we're a super bowl defense you know we just haven't played like it all year you know i don't know when they're going to get this together but i'm praying to god it's the month of december that this whole thing comes together and mike mcdonald our new dc you know and these guys kind of all get on the same page respect each other and just hold each other down and, and it starts to flow a little bit smoother if they do it's going to be a long day for Pickett. you know um i think on the other side you know we, we got to definitely do something about jt he's not the type of guy that you you want to just let block get blocked one-on-one we need to double team him triple team him run the ball away from him as much as possible and then you know also roll your quarterback away from him as much as possible but every opportunity you get a chance to get mr white on the ground you got to cut him you got to pancake him you got to double team him you got to chip him you got to do everything you can to disrupt his game and make him have like the worst game that he's ever played if you don't do that you're going to have the worst game you've ever played. <laughs> and um, I would hate to see Tyler Huntley, Huntley be, you know, subjected to that type of misery, you know, having to run for his life the entire game. With our left tackle being out, you know, TJ could definitely have a freaking day. Okay, yeah, so. yeah. I mean, it's um, yeah. They, these two teams match up extremely well. And I, I was going to look at the remainder of the. Let's see. I think I might have lost it here. Oh, here we go. Uh, I hate this because it's always like so tiny on the screen, but there was just a laundry list of injuries. This that's December football, yeah. right? And it's like yeah, who's in, who's crazy. out. A lot of a lot of rest. So guys like Calais Camel, uh, the first four names: Tristan Cologne, Devin Duvernay, Justin Houston, all rest. Marcus <laughs> Peters got rest. Um, Morgan Moses got rest, which is uh, another big name on this list. But mm-hmm. obviously, you've got Lamar Jackson, who we already covered. Um, yeah you've got a couple of linemen here Sheesh. ronnie stanley and uh i already mentioned moses but patrick mccarry uh big, big you know lineman for us. yeah and, a big lineman for and us, kevin seitler yeah. dmp the last two days so we're gonna see who's all active here on the Ravens side and who's not but it's quite a bit yeah patrick queen but also you yeah. guys got roquan smith and i'm you know uh a big fan of his and we'll see how that ends up working out uh beyond this season but so far it seems to have already been a huge uh a huge addition to the ravens defense the steelers will have to pay attention to on the steelers side of this injury report uh Najee harris was limited on thursday malik reed and uh, chooks Corfor were back at practice on thursday as well you have larry ogajobi who seems to practice like once a week uh, he always got something new this week. It's a toe. So that's lingering from last week. TJ with ribs. He was limited also mm-hmm. on Wednesday. And then uh, Deontay Johnson uh, has been kind of hampered with a hip. Cam Hayward got his veteran day of rest. So this is, um, but everybody's going to gear up. I'm sure if they could suit up. I know Baltimore's yeah. Baltimore is eight and four. I know Baltimore is trying to cling to that top spot in the AFC North. Right. They're looking over their shoulder. The Bengals have the Browns this weekend, another AFC North matchup, and the Browns always have the number of the Bengals as of late as well. Joe Burrow in particular. So That's tough. Yeah, so at the likewise, if the Ravens win this game, the Steelers are probably out of the conversation, not only uh, for the playoffs, but also for the division. 
And that's most likely the best path for the Steelers is if they could somehow sneak in because so far our conference record is just not good. The beginning part of the season, losing against all of the AFC East did not do them any favors uh, when it comes to any tiebreaker scenarios. So uh, let's see, where do I want to jump around to? Uh, I had a name, a blast from the past that, that jumped into my head, Deshaun Jackson and what kind of impact <laughs> he might be able to have here because yeah, well, otherwise though, you know, he's going to take the top off and he, you know, with Lamar, Lamar's arm, that's probably helpful because you just can't go after, you can't go to Andrews every single play. Yeah. Um, just, uh, just to give you a little heads up too, Demonte Casey has been back for the last couple of weeks. So the Steelers do have a couple of safeties. They have Minka, they have okay. Terrell Edmonds and they have Casey. So it'll be interesting to see how they do that because middle of the field, I know everyone's kind of cringing or sitting here or listening to us talk. And it's like, yeah, Mark Andrews, middle of the field against somebody like Robert Spillane and Devin Bush is going to, yeah. going to have a field day. You know what I mean? But we'll see. I hope so. Yeah, we'll see. Brian Flores, linebacker's coach, <laughs> always seemed to game plan very well against the Ravens when he was with the Dolphins. We're seeing yeah. some zero blitz concepts. I believe a lot of that's coming from him, but I know Mike Tomlin and company lifted those concepts last year, and we saw that in that home game. There's also the scenario, too, where I know I'm poking fun at Bush and Spillane and Miles Jack, but you have all three of those guys on the field at the same time, so it's not a real 3-4 just to prevent and stop the run, even though we right. know J.K. Dobbins, I feel, man, I really feel bad for him. It just seems like he couldn't get going. Uh, but you still got Gus Edwards. You still got that run-centric offense. So I'm thinking about some of the different schemes or situations the Steelers could put up against the Ravens. But who else do we got to look for on that Ravens offense as um, kind of a threat? I mentioned to Sean Jackson, could be. I look up and down. It's tough for me, man. I, I, I know a lot of ASC North ball. But I'm kind of looking yeah. at the Ravens' offense. I'm like, who else is the problem child here? Isaiah Likely, maybe? I'm glad you said that. You know, I'm a tight end, <laughs> so I'm always shoot tight end from the hip first with tight end. So I like Isaiah Likely. I think he's a, a dangerous backup type guy for us that could be a starter anywhere in this league. He's a phenomenal pass catching tight end. And um, he does a really good job of separating and making um, making yak after the catch. You know, he, get the, he catch the ball, and then he'll make one or two guys miss and extended for at least another two or three or five yards there almost every single catch. Um, I like Isaiah Likely a lot. He's a slippery guy that, that gives us the opportunity to do great. The good thing about him is he spent the whole preseason playing with Tyler Huntley, you know, so they already got chemistry together. And then on the other side of that, out wide of the receiver, I really like Duvernay. I think Duvernay is a big-time playmaker. You know, I really do. I saw he was on the, um, the injured list a little bit as well. Hopefully he'll be ready to play. But he's a special guy. You know, he could run the ball at the backfield. He could do jet sweeps. He could do reverses. He's also a kickoff punt return guy that could that could really hurt you on special teams. That's how he made a name for himself in this league in the first place, you know, just returning kicks and punts. You know, so he's an explosive guy. You know, you get him in, in space and he can make one or two guys miss. And if he break loose, Ain't nobody going to get him. He's that fast, you know. And then um, there's another guy, King and Drake. You know, I think he's had a heck of a season for us so far. And can't figure out for the life of me why they don't give him the ball a little bit more. You know, he's had some games where he had four or five, like five or six carries for like almost 100 yards or more. He had a couple of big breaks, and he's had runs over 20 yards throughout the season. And I just haven't understood why they haven't tried to give him the ball more. Um, of course, having Gus back on the field is a big impact for us. Anytime we start getting Dobbins and Gus back on the field, and Justice Hill. Justice Hill is a great pass receiving, you know, running back out of the backfield that can make you miss, make the first guy miss, and can take get the distance too he has some quickness and some speed so, so um we got a, we got a few guys that we can hurt you with and i think we're loaded as we always have been in the skill category 
on offense. You know, we just have to put this stuff together. We got to find a way to put it together and, and and come up with game plans that are very creative, that that that'll help us get through some of this stuff, man. And I, I really think, I really think, uh, two weeks ago I was saying the Ravens was the best seven and three team in the NFL, and I really felt like they could have easily been nine and one at that point. And they, 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 I mean, in the fourth quarter, in the fourth quarter alone, we've given up over 540 some yards. And when you think about that, you you think about, we've lost four games and in those four games, we've given up 540 yards. And if you think about it, a, a, one game is four quarters. So if you just take those four quarters and you turn them into one game, we gave up 540 yards in one game. That's absolutely ridiculous, more or less in the fourth quarter when you think you're supposed to be closing teams out. You know, that lets you know that we've had a lot of leads and we've been playing a lot of prevent defense. And we've been giving up a lot of, you know, underneath catches. But that Miami Dolphins game early in the year, we got the top blew off of blew off of us in, you know, prevent and cover two and cover four in quarters. I'm like, what are we doing? Like cover six, we're getting the top blown off us. It's just it doesn't even make any sense, man, especially with the type of safeties and corners we have in the secondary. There's something not right. I don't know what that something is, but I can't. I hope we figure it out really, really soon. The Ravens has never been a fourth quarter team to just kind of flop. Usually that's when we make our biggest plays in the fourth quarter to seal out games, to close out games. And you could I could I could remember making plays and coming to the sideline and knowing we had the lead in the fourth quarter and they got the other team got another possession. And then I'm thinking like, oh, Reed about to make a play. Oh, Suggs about to make a play. Okay, Ray about to make a play. And I'm trying to figure out who that's going to be for us right now. And I'm trying to we, – we got to start closing some of these games out in order to be a great team. I really thought we was a Super Bowl contending team this year. And the Ravens kind of got me sketch, you know, scratching my head these last two weeks. You know, I thought we had kind of turned the corner a little bit on defense. And then we kind of went backwards these last two weeks. I mean, last I think last week we won 10-9. to 9. It came down to a field goal. And thank God they missed. Oh. You know, and we missed yeah. the one the week before to lose the game. And then they missed the one this week to lose the game. And they both fell short because it was too long, you know. So it's something it's something in the water. <laughs> when, you, when you're a Super Bowl team, you find ways to win those close games. You have a bunch of close games throughout the, throughout the season. And you find ways to win, to win those close games. And we just have not done that this year. And I just don't that, – that makes me think that maybe we're not a Super Bowl contender team. And I don't want to think that we're not because I think we're absolutely stacked and loaded. I think we got something to prove after getting hurt last year and people kind of forgetting about who the Ravens were. And I thought I thought this year was going to be a year we was going to really come and just punish some people, you know, beat up on some teams and um, get some get back from last season since we were so beat up. I and mean, we had like 30 starters out last year. It was crazy. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Last year was absolutely brutal, and yeah, I, I never, I don't ever want to speak ill because of injuries, but right. you know, you, you take a look at that, and that definitely the Steelers benefited by sliding in as like the last wild card because the Ravens, you know, they went from tops in the AFC to uh, all, just slid, just slid. I mean, you can't, you know, there's a saying that goes in Pittsburgh: the standards, the standard. But even, you know, you could say that. But yeah. it's not when TJ Watt comes off the field and he's not out there for half a season like he was this year. That's yeah. where the highest paid defense in the NFL doesn't look like the highest paid defense in the NFL with a number of other players cycling in and out during all of that, too. So the Steelers are still trying to find their way uh, all the way around offensively right. with rookie as Kenny Pickett is as well as defensively, too. And they may have turned a corner there. It's it's just interesting to see the the dynamics here because the bye week. Uh, you've had three games since the bye Steelers have had four with their respective bye weeks and yeah, 
when you're heading into that, there's isn't any Steelers fans would have thought this. They still shouldn't be thinking this game's a gimme. By anybody that's smart and has watched this rivalry over the years knows it's never a that, gimme. Yeah, never a gimme. But yeah. you got to feel like in in one way you're like, okay, so Lamar Jackson's out, so that might give a little bit better of a chance. And now the way you know it was a thirteen to three win over the Panthers. It was um, a one point loss at Jacksonville. It was the one point win against the Broncos. And, they're a whole other story, man, okay. let me tell you. Um, and and exactly like you were saying, like 61-yard field goal or whatever Nathaniel Hackett's cooking up over there, uh, yeah. cra- it's just some craziness. And I don't want to come down to that, even with Bo- if Boswell does play and coming down to him coming off of any injury, he had a groin injury, how comfortable do you feel with him with some of the kicking? Hopefully he's 100%. Matthew Wright, he's been playing in a dome and he's still dinking stuff off of the upright. So he's been getting lucky there too, as a backup kicker. So I'm like, please don't come down to the special teams aspect of this, please, please, please. But I do expect a uh, fairly down to it, fairly tight game between, yeah. between both squads. Uh, the, if it's not, it's gotta be field goals. There might be a touchdown one way or the other, especially if they get the proper field position, it becomes a field position battle. But yeah. I, I can't confidently say we're going to see anything better than 10 to nine, maybe a little bit, maybe it's 12 to nine or something yeah. like that. I feel it's going to be a pretty close, uh, pretty close game there. So let me see. I was trying to think too, and take a look at the opposite side of this. You're talking about, you know, Baltimore's defense and the fourth quarters Steelers have not been a second half team, particularly offensively. I think when they've got their game script on and they've been game planning pretty decent since the bye, but making the adjustments and also holding off the opponents, we might be the cure for what you're looking for there. This might be a fourth (laughs) quarter where there's like no points scored. A very boring, yeah, Yeah. very boring second half. So um, how much of a threat do you feel Kenny Pickett is looking at it from Um, the other side here? I don't really worry about, rookie quarterbacks when you play against the Baltimore Ravens, we have a way of frustrating rookie quarterbacks. And I think if you look at like Harbaugh's record versus rookie quarterbacks, he's like maybe, um, I think he's maybe maybe 19 times. He won maybe 17 out of the 19 or something like that. You know, but he's usually pretty prolific against rookie quarterbacks, you know. So, you know, although I know, I think, I think Pickett is a heck of a quarterback and he's going to do well and he's going to play well for you guys. You know, with the type of defense that we have and the schemes that we have defensively and with the three, four, and we kind of shift things along and we have, you know, 10 guys standing at the line of scrimmage before the ball snaps and everybody kind of bails and they over they overload one side and blitz four guys off one edge. You know, it's it's a, it's a, it's hard to kind of pick up that sometimes. It's really, really confusing. I know from a tight end standpoint, so I had to block it for five years in practice every single day. <laughs> so anytime we went team period, you know, I, you know, you say big on big, I was always a smaller guy, so I would try to pick up a bigger guy sometimes, and you, you find yourself seeing a, a smaller guy run right past you, and you're like, God, dang, boy, I should have picked him up. And, you know, it's such a frustrating job to have as a tight end or offensive lineman or even a running back trying to know which side to slide to sometimes when the Ravens' defensive front start playing games with you. Um, and it will confuse a rookie quarterback if he don't know better. You know, so hopefully he has a good QB coach and his QB coach will really coach him up on his checks. And, and he's a sharp kid and, and he's able to check off to the things he need to check off in a split second because he don't have very long to figure this thing out. And he better know where his check down is all game. You know, smart quarterbacks know where that running back is almost every single time. Hey, man, it's coming to you. Be ready, you know. Um, but he could have a long game too, man, against our defensive front and our linebackers. You know, so if he's not careful, you know, it could be a long day for Pickett. You know, so yeah. I, I think, I think he, I think anybody can hurt you in this league because I think everybody here is a pro. 
You know, everybody's an NFL. You're, you're an NFL quarterback for a reason. You're not a, you're not a scrub if you're an NFL quarterback. That means you was prolific for some college football team if you made it here. You know, so at, at some point, you know that that mental that mental ability that you had in college kicks in on this level. And I don't know if it's time for picket yet, but if it is, I hope it ain't this week. yeah well we'll see what kenny ends up doing um yeah that's that's exactly what i was thinking i'm like what kind of frustrations might he have you know justin houston james uh jason pierre paul calais camel i mean those are so there's a lot of dudes a lot of dudes on tyus bowser freaking away away is back yes yes uh great great pickup there Uh, i i hate the way you guys draft I absolutely hate it. We had just too much respect for that draft because we're looking at a lot of the same players. These franchises are just, they're just too similar in too many different ways. I think that's where a lot of the dislike comes between them. And you hear a lot. I'm I'm sure you you don't hear the anti Mike Tomlin sentiments over in Baltimore, but you probably have people who gripe about John Harbaugh. I know people are definitely all over Greg Roman and mm-hmm. you know the way yeah. he might call games we get that with Matt canada and, and it's just it's yeah. just built all the same ways in a lot of ways it might make some like real um kind of frugal type uh free agent signing sometimes never a mm-hmm. big splash and then it's right. uh built through the draft and like kyle hamilton for example and uh linderbaum and i'm just like man come on i don't right. need to set these guys up for another 10 years <laughs> like get out of the way because part of the criticism <laughs> for Tomlin like really is is like hey how come he didn't win with all these guys and i always got to point out you didn't always have like the killer b guys in the playoffs like bell or brian or anything like that antonio right. brown gets knocked out the one year but at the at the same time with this it's like you got to contend with the baltimore ravens they're winning division titles and the bengals were with marvin lewis in between there they weren't wearing winning playoff yeah. games but they're winning division but Hell. and the Patriots really just good, coast yeah. for 20 years they just win every division title you know against butt fumble and whoever else ends up over there in the, know, in right? the AFC East yeah the flake, the flake gate all type yeah, of stuff they yeah. got oh, going and then on you got Boston, all that man. uh-huh yeah. uh-huh you Jesus. guys any stories like that by any chance like uh you go to New England and anything crazy like were people pulling fire alarms or anything like in your hotel or is that just like specifically like a Steelers thing or does that happen to every opponent no, we never. I don't remember having any any problems in any you know in Boston at all. I remember them coming to to Baltimore, and I felt like the referees came with them or something. Something. I think <laughs> I think we played them in Baltimore one time, and it might have been the year oh, they was man. undefeated, and we broke a record, an NFL record for the most penalties in the game, and that's the game that Bart Scott got his nickname Mad Backer, the Mad Backer, from that particular game. You know, um, we played our asses off against them that, that year. That was my first game back off my foot injury. Um, I think I scored the game-winning touchdown to put us up to beat them. And then Tom Brady came back down and did what he does, of course, and makes you look stupid with like a minute and 20 seconds left on the clock. He drives down and scores a touchdown that kept the, the top off my touchdown. And um, I remember that game, they called like a – the final – the breaking scroll for Bart was they call like a pass interference. I want to say it was on either Fabian Washington or Corey Wash or Corey Ivy. And um they threw like a, a, a penalty. It was like a phantom penalty and gave them a, a, a freaking pass interference that put them in a situation where they was able to go down and score. And Bart Scott picked the flag up in the end zone and threw it up into the stands. And that's when he got the nickname the Mad Backer. You know, I don't, I don't know if you can you, like YouTube that, but Google, Google Bart Scott throwing flag in the stands. But he picked the flag up from the referee and threw it in the stands. And I think they ejected Bart from the game or something Probably. stupid like that. 
Yeah. But that gave him another penalty that put him even closer to the goal line. They gave it. They gave him pretty much the game winner. And it was like, man, it was such a crazy, crazy game. I think we had 27 penalties in the game. It was an NFL record. There's never been 27 penalties before. We broke the record. And that's the type of stuff that happens when you play the New England Patriots. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm glad you said that because sometimes it sounds like I'm just whining about them. And they just had the, the Hunter Henry very much so uh, not a catch touchdown thing that happened with Jesse James mysteriously years ago where the Steelers, if they would have beaten, they should have beaten New England in, you know, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And that play would have been the one right there. If it would have stood, they would have been the number one seed in the AFC. They wouldn't have played mm -hmm. like Bortles and Jacksonville and had that collapse because that team had her number that year. Right. So, you know, it's it, it's it's pretty wild. So I'm glad to hear those same kind of things. Uh, one what other like just real horrendous yeah just one other one for you here we were talking about this uh a little bit uh off air before we uh, started today and you were with the tampa bay buccaneers mm -hmm. back in 2002 mm -hmm. and somebody else was that you might be able to give a little bit of a personal perspective about steelers yeah. head coach mike tomlin yeah mt yeah, man, Mike was my linebackers coach in Tampa. And, you know, when I got to Tampa, I just left New York. I was on the practice squad in New York my second season. And I came in the year, like, week 10. And um, Rich Basachi, I think he's with the Raiders still, he he was the um, the special teams coach. And he recruited me in high school, you know, going to Clemson and stuff like that. And he remembered me and saw me on the Ravens roster, came and got me, brought me down to play special teams for the Bucks. Mike T was my linebackers coach. And he was just such a phenomenal guy, man, you know, and he's still he's 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 a real class act. And he's a true pro. And he was a player's coach. Then, you know, he had a swag about him and the way he carried himself. And, you know, and it was you could you could see that maybe he would be a head coach one day in the future. You know, I didn't know he was going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach at the time, you know, but you definitely saw that he had potential to be one of the greats. And, um, you know, we we had that team just had a different different sauce about it, you know. You, you, with your warring saps on defense, you know, your Rondé Barbers, your Brian Kellys, you know, your Simeon Rices, your Greg Spires, your Derek Brooks, Shelton Quarles, who now I think is almost a GM down in Tampa. You know, it, it was such a phenomenal defense, man. And it was a, it was a really explosive, you know, saucy, full of speed, you know, Tampa 2 type defense down there. Mike Tumlin was a huge part of that success that they had. You know, he he got a chance to coach Derek Brooks, Shelton Quarles, Nate Webster, Al Singleton, those guys. And they was probably one of the most dynamic linebacker core I had ever seen together until I got to Baltimore. You know, so when you're talking about great linebacker cores, that Tampa Bay defense was definitely one of the best I've ever seen. I think Derek Brooks had had a pick six in the, in the Super Bowl. Um, Might have had two picks in the Super Bowl. You know, um, but one of them was definitely a pick six. And um, it was just, it was such a phenomenal feat to kind of see how those guys played. And a lot of your swag comes from your coach. You know, a lot of the way you play, your confidence, your energy, your character comes from your coach. And he was a guy that kind of instilled that confidence in those guys. And then um, when he got the head job in Pittsburgh, I was in Baltimore and I just thought that was such an awesome thing when Coward retired. And, um, you know, Tomlin was able to get the head job, man. I just really, I was super happy for him. And I think the last time I seen Mike, I was down at um actually it was at the 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 um the NFL Combine. It was at the NFL Combine when you guys drafted Clay Pro, um Claypool that year. 
I was okay. doing a, I was doing an internship with the Ravens in the player personnel department, and I went to the to the NFL Combine for the first time in my life, and I got a chance to evaluate players. I went down to the Reese's Senior Bowl. I saw Mike down at the Senior Bowl that year on the sideline. Um, then I saw him again at the Combine, you know. And um, when I saw him at the Combine, you know, when I even when I saw him in in, in at the Reese's Senior Bowl. He still remembered me like I was one of his players. I'm playing on offense. Now I'm a tight end that didn't that that really didn't fit in into Tampa's scheme. You know, they had a West Coast offense and Gruden didn't know what position I really was. He know if I was a tight end, a wide receiver, a running back. He had no idea what what would have moved me. So he just kept moving me from room to room to room to room. And then I was a special teams guy. And Mike, Mike, you know, took a liking to me then. And, you know, when you see a guy you know, you ain't seen him in six, seven years or so, however long it be. And then you, he sees you and he said, Wilcox, what's up, man? And he comes over, give you a hug and shake your hand, man. It's just, it makes you feel like, it make you feel like the, the work that you put in was worth it sometimes, you know. And he's a class act, man. I think you guys got a heck of a head coach. I hope he stays there for a long time. And I hope he continues to to break barriers in this league. I hate the fact that he's having a bad year, but it just goes to show you just how important a quarterback is to a franchise, right? Oh, and, yeah. you know, losing a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, you don't realize how many games he kept you in and how much confidence he gave you, he gives your offense and your defense to go out and play games. You know if you don't have a quarterback, you, you almost know you got to be freaking perfect, 100% perfect, no mistakes to win a game. But when you got a phenomenal quarterback, you can play so loose, you don't care if you make a mistake, and you can play fast 100 miles per hour, even if you're reckless sometimes, you know, that quarterback will make you right even when you're wrong. Yeah, and I was going to say, you know, Tampa, that that Tampa team you were on, largely, largely, largely known mm-hmm. for defense. It was funny because yes. I was looking through some of the names, too, like John Lynch, um, yes, sir. Uh, you know, part of that, too. And uh, it's it's crazy how that kind of spider webs around the league and, and mm-hmm. all the different connections. And uh, I, I, I picked out Corey Ivey's name out of here, too. I'm Absolutely. like, hey, you yeah, guys followed guy. each other around. I'm like, that's my guy. You said his name. I was like, wow, there's another blast <laughs> from guy. the past, man. But my yeah, guy. Brett. Brad Johnson and Rob Johnson, uh, mm-hmm. quarterback, and Rob got a little bit of time in there when Brad was hurt. Uh, I, I remember I followed that team. Yeah, we um, had we had we also had um, the Joe Hamilton. We had Joe Hamilton on that squad. He and then we had Sean King too. You remember Sean King from Tulane? Yes. Yeah. yeah oh we yeah. Had, we had those two guys backing up um, Brad too. Sean King, I think, had some time with. Uh, I was trying to see where else he was at because he put up a couple decent games. I totally he remember. Did. I he totally did. remember. I, you know, I've been playing now. I, I graduated college in 2000, so you know, I'm a little bit younger. We the same, we the same year, Brad. Okay, I came out in 2000 to the league. Okay, yeah. so yeah, so it's like when I'm when I'm watching and I'm looking back on that, I'm like, yeah, I think I had that guy like on my fantasy team. You know what I mean? <laughs> so and there you are, you know, you're like yeah. you're doing bigger things when I'm like, you know, playing fantasy football. You're playing real football. Like, darn it, you know what yeah. I mean? But somebody, somebody got to be out there, Brad. Why not me? You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, so yeah, but anyways, um, once again, folks, Daniel Wilcox here with believe in ravens podcast they've got an episode right up uh, right now over on their website it's steeler week that's what they call it steelers week everybody looking forward to the steelers and we were talking about this too everybody's been wearing their throwbacks or alternate jerseys the last three weeks the bengals did it the um oh why did i just draw a blank on it the colts did it and the falcons did it mm-hmm. and i'm like i was kind of looking to see if the steelers were going to throw out like color rush jerseys or something Man. for this week or whatever for this yeah. game just to kind of hype it even more right like, do you need even more of a bigger billing for this kind of matchup so we shall see uh maybe they probably maybe won't 
Yeah, I don't know. It, I, I don't think so, only because the following one, we got a Christmas Eve. We got a 50th yeah. anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. I think they're bringing out the block oh, numbers wow. to commemorate Franco Harris and everything like that at, at home against the Raiders. That's and cool. phew, Raiders, poor Raiders. <laughs> Just uh, that team can't catch a break, can they? Yeah, so. I watched that game last night, man. Baker Mayfield, come on, dude. Yeah, I know. Come on, talk- Baker. Congrat- congratulations, Baker. <laughs> yeah, you talk about quarterbacks. It's uh, that's just so wow. I don't know. I don't know, dude. Um, he ain't been on the team for two days, and they beat you. I know. <laughs> they say Can't twenty snap, twenty snaps in practice is what I heard. Yeah. Twenty. Yeah, that's 20. the John. That's the John Gruden effect going on in L.A. I mean, in um, Vegas right now. Yeah, you know, they still recovering from John Gruden. Yeah, unfortunate, right? And the guy yeah. was signed ten years for like a hundred million dollars or whatever. I'm like, why not me? Crazy. Anyway, <laughs> I know me too, Joe. Sheesh. Yep. Yep. So you said it was cool. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So um, affectionately known as just Wilcox, Daniel Wilcox. Go ahead and follow him at Coach Wilson on Twitter as well. Yes. Or, oh, I'm sorry. I said Wilson. Coach Wilcox on Twitter. It's okay. Half awake. Yeah, I know. We're both calling everybody the wrong names today. That happens, man. Sometimes I'm still, my coffee's right here, right close to my right hand. You know, I'm always. Always very, we got to be caffeinated. So our two, I say our two percenters are still hanging around listening to this part of it. So we're going <laughs> to, we're going to close it out. It's just 2% of everybody that's left. So you. if they haven't shut it off, thank you once again for taking time out of your busy schedule and we'll see how this ends up, man. I mean, uh, you know, I w- whatever I do these shows with somebody else, I'm always thinking about that. It's like second quarter. I'm like, you know, wonder what he's thinking right about now you know what we talked about that and it's like oh that happened no this happened like the other way so it's always fun uh football definitely a large community large family it's always cool hearing these stories so thanks for sharing with us thanks for having me on joe i really appreciate it man you're doing a great job man and keep it up i try man i try my hardest i'm just a dude just another guy out here loves to talk football with everyone so once again thank you to daniel wilcox not daniel wilson (laughs) and as we usually close out this show i didn't get to say like comment and subscribe don't forget to do that we always um we encourage our listeners out there to be safe be good and we'll catch you later we would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website www.steelcityunderground.com 